The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, we're going to switch gears and take a look at our monthly segment on, you know, maybe just some tips on what you might want to be watching coming up. Steve Stebbing, who is our movie and TV critic, checks in this afternoon with another edition of What the Hell Should I Be Watching This Weekend? Hey, Steve. Hey, I can't believe it's been a month. It feels I like... Know. It feels like a couple of weeks ago I was just talking to you. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's you know, I've said, you know, either either time is flying by or it's dragging. I think it kind of depends on where you are. It's uh, it's hard to believe I'm, I'm back in the studio today for the first time since wow. uh, May 19th. So only my second time since March 17th. And it's just... Uh, it's just really bizarre to be back here and trying to remember how to press all the buttons and that sort of thing. But Steve, you know, I'm curious to know about just before we get into movie stuff, um, you're out in uh, in Penticton yep. and uh, there's been a lot of issues out there with fires over the past uh, number of weeks. How are you doing? What's what's the situation out there right now? Cool. Uh, I mean, last week was scary. Uh, Tuesday, uh, we we got kind of the first notice that there was a major fire fighter on uh, fire um, wildfire on Christie Mountain, which is uh, not too far away from where I live here in Penticton on the Skaha Beach side. And uh, I mean, winds were whipping it up into a frenzy. It was out of control and just eating up hectares like like nothing. And, uh, but given all of that, I was still a block outside of the uh, evacuation mm. alert zone. Uh, and it never included my place. Okay. I mean, my, my, my parents live out here. They were included on that list. My in-laws are included on that list. Uh, but I never was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's old hat out here. Yeah. Everybody's just kind of like, ah, oh, it's going to be fine. And I'm like, I'm panicking. So maybe you can <laughs> let me have this for at least a day or so. But as far as it is right now, it's still burning, but it's burning away from okay. us. So it's, yeah, I haven't heard any updates on it's that. It's like every summer, every other summer, right? It's mm-hmm. high alert out there. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're safe and, and continuing you. uh, to hope that that, uh, th- that stays that way as we move yeah. into September. All right, let's talk movies. And we're going to start with this one. I've heard a lot of talk about it, a lot of buzz. It's called Tenet. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. Nuclear Holocaust? No. Something worse. All right, Steve, what is this all about? Yeah, well, you know what? The best way to head because this is a Christopher Nolan film. He wrote and directed it. And honestly, like Inception was uh, 10 years ago uh, this year, uh, the best way to go into this movie is pretty much with all, almost no information possible. Just know that it's kind of like an espionage film uh, following a main character uh, that is armed with only one word, tenet, mm. that could uh, either uh, change the world or destroy it. And uh, lots of... Uh, backwards action in this one because of course uh Christopher Nolan likes to mess with our minds uh but this is like a move that's, that they're hoping is going to save theaters but if you're not a regular movie goer you're probably not going to really have a lot of appreciation for for Tenet because okay. it is three quarters set up and then uh one big uh final uh kind of hurrah at the end and uh it might 
proved to be a little bit frustrating for people. Some big names in this one, too. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, the lead star is John David Washington, Ben Bell's son, who people may have seen in The Black Klansman, which is a highly recommended film if you haven't seen that one. Uh, but it's also got Robert Pattinson in here, uh, Michael Caine, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh's in here. Uh, and, you know, it's it's so well put together. Christopher Nolan is so meticulous mm-hmm. with how he makes films. Uh, the name missing from all of the other that uh, in all of the other Nolan films is Hans Zimmer is not doing the music for this one. This one's the Ludwig Göransson who actually did the score for Black Panther, so he switched it up a little oh, bit there. Interesting. All right. So next up, let's talk uh, about a movie that was supposed to come out years ago. It's finally <laughs> going to be hitting the theaters. It's called The New Mutants. It's important we find out your power so we can help you get better. Something I don't think she wanted me to see. I don't think we're here to get better. All right, so this is what a spin off of the X Men series? Yeah, it's a spin-off because it's a mutant story, you know, hence the name The New Mutants. And this is a bit of a genre twist because this is actually kind of a horror film set in an asylum that's trying to harness these mutant powers. And the interesting thing is, yeah, this movie was supposed to come out about two or three years ago now. And it features a young cast that at the time the movie was being made were just kind of on the cusp of of massive popularity because it has the witches Anya Taylor-Joy in this one, Game of Thrones' Maisie Williams is in this one, Stranger Things' Charlie Eaton is in this one, and now have been far established. And, uh, you know, we know who these faces are now. Uh, And, you know what, honestly, with this film, I just wish that the filmmakers had stuck to the comic book a bit more mm. it just it, it okay. feels like a pale representation of it like they just kind of like the outline and they wanted to throw the rest up on screen so this next movie that when i saw it written down <laughs> read a photo it was like oh there's a flashback let's find out a little bit about bill and ted face the music we've spent our whole life trying to unite the world and i'm tired dude ted we have a destiny to fulfill Greetings, my excellent friend. We have a problem. Step forward. A song created by Preston Logan, performed tonight, will save reality as we know it. Oh, (laughs) dude, we better write that song now. Or why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Take it from ourselves. Except, won't that be stealing? Cheers! How is that stealing if we're stealing it from ourselves, dude? Bill and Ted face the music. Steve, this is coming out over 30 years after the original movie. Come on already. <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, as a, as a kid that was uh, eight or nine years old when the original movie came out, and then, you know, a couple couple years after that, we got Bogus Journey, I was obsessed <laughs> with, this, with th- these movies. Uh, especially the second movie has a cameo from the at the time Faith No More's guitar player Jim Martin. I was just so obsessed with this. Uh, it was my first foray of knowing who George Carlin was, who would eventually become my favorite comedian of all time. Uh, and sadly, this movie do- obviously doesn't have George Carlin as he passed away over a decade ago. 
but it has nice tribute moments to him, uh, and it's so great to see Keanu mm-hmm. and Alex Winters back in these roles. And uh, I mean, the movie's got such a sweetheart. It is about these two guys who had such a huge destiny 30 years ago. They were there to unite and save the world. <laughs> and now what? You know what I mean? Like, so now it's them trying to get their, their relationships on track with their daughters and, and, and be better fathers and everything. Mm. And there's so much to this movie that I absolutely adore. William Sadler's back playing Death in this one. Uh, I mean, if you love those two movies as much as I do, you will love this movie. All righty. Uh, the next one up sounds like it could really be set in, you know, right now, given everything that's going on in the world about a, a man's rage after a confrontation at an intersection. It's called Unhinged. Take a listen. You know what a courtesy tap is, young man? Sounds like this. It's light. It's friendly. I'm sure that's what your mom meant to do. No, it's not. Mom! kind of a hard time lately. I'm sorry. Accept my apology. Just ignore him. Well, if you could just do the same, we could press reset. I don't have anything to apologize for. Can you go, please? So Russell Crowe is the star of this movie, and uh, Steve, you say he's completely unhinged in it. Yeah. I feel like this movie was, like, originally pitched in Nicolas Cage or something. (laughs) Like, it's more in his alley. I will say that this movie is probably massively tone deaf. Uh, Also, dumb as all hell, but weirdly entertaining. And I have to give it to Russell Crowe, who just goes just goes crazy in this movie he just he's going for for the ceiling on this and and uh, many times in this movie he he makes it like the campiest fun that you should possibly get through with a thriller like this so uh, i have to say i was a bit surprised i do not like to add campaign in it because they are trying to sell t-shirts now saying that i survived going to the theaters watching unhinged and yeah. i feel it's a little it's a little like, come on, guys. Like, mm. that's, that's, that's a little much. Okay, let's get to it with Steve Stebbing, our movie and TV critic. And we're going to switch to television now. Um, I, I've never been a, a Star Trek or a, a Star Wars fan, but I know there are a lot of Trekkies out there. Uh, the first uh, show that we're going to take a look at this afternoon is Star Trek Lower Decks, Season 1. Computer, Command Trainer 43. Initiating advanced simulation. Ensign, the bridge is yours. Be gentle, but attentive. Get her where she needs to be. Guide her home. Okie dokie. Maintain course. (laughs) Captain, we're being drawn into a temporal rift. Uh, Shields at 10%. uh, Buffer to 30 seconds, Captain. Captain, we need orders. Uh, uh, Maintain course. Ship destroyed. Casualties, 105%. Wait, how did I kill more than the whole crew? Okay, that was a rough start. All right, Steve, I have to tell you, that doesn't sound like uh, the typical Star Trek that I'm used to. No, this is an animated series, and not to say that Star Trek is devoid of comedy. There's definitely uh, the comedic <laughs> moments in, in, you know, some of the main series, and uh, definitely on the dark, uh, sorry, the Deep Space Nine series. Uh, but this is the first full dedicated comedy uh, set in the Star Trek universe, set in the Kelvin universe. 
And uh, this was uh, made by CBS All Access. They're trying to, uh, you know, keep that uh, that Star Trek name ever expanding. And yeah, this is a different, more uh, different approach to a Star Trek uh, show. And it's uh, definitely one filled with levity. And you know what? It largely worked. I'm more of a Star Wars guy, but I'm definitely versed in Star Trek. And there's so many in-jokes in this one that make it actually really delightful. So, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing so far, and I'm looking forward to it continuing. All right, that's on Crave. Uh, next up, Teenage Bounty Hunters. It's on Netflix. All right, girls, if you want to keep working with me, the assignment, bring in the fugitive. Obviously, I have a gift for this line of work. What if they become the best bounty hunters in Atlanta? What's stopping us? Hola, Carolina. Yo soy Trabajo. I'm a single lady, and I want to meet somebody interesting. Hey. Hot. Hey. Hey to you and to yours. All right. So, Steve, uh, the creator of this, if I'm if I, reading this correctly, is the same one behind a Weeds and Orange is the New Black? Yeah. The, the, uh, she's the executive producer. It's a, it's a first-time showrunner that's actually brought this one to Netflix. But uh, Jenshi Cohen is... The, the executive producer, the one that shepherded all of the way okay. to the point that we have it now. And yeah, I mean, uh, Cohen has this a great ability uh, of making really great series that that have, uh, I mean, aside from Glow, which is just perfect, uh, the first three, four seasons are really good, and then it kind of falls mm-hmm. off the cliff. That's how I felt with Weeds. Weeds, as soon as they leave Agrestic, it just kind of falls apart for me. Uh, and Orange is the New Black, I, I feel like they were keeping it on life support for like four or five seasons. Um, but, I mean, this one's got a good cast. The, the two girls that play the sisters, the main characters, are really good. They have great chemistry. And uh, the bounty hunter that uh, they're learning for him from is played by Kadeem Hardison. And I swear I haven't seen this guy since the 90s when he was uh, the sidekick in Eddie Murphy's Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> and now he's back in this one, and he's still got that brilliant comedic timing, and I, I think it offsets the girls so well. So I, I hope that uh, Genji can really keep this one going, but maybe if it's all in the, the head of this uh, showrunner, uh, it'll it'll have a j- different trajectory. All right, I love sports shows and sports uh, sports movies. The next one we want to take a look at a little vulgar, little vile as you describe it, but it's called <laughs> Hoops. Take a listen. You know what they call us? They call us soft. They call us losers. They call us boys. Who calls us boys? I've said it. Me and all of your parents. Ben. 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 You've only lasted this long because your father is Barry Hopkins. I may call you a disappointment, but it's your choice to feel that way. You're still my wife, and you're dating my best friend. You can't be texting my girlfriend, you up, every night. I knew she was up. Okay, so this is a, a basketball show? Yeah, it's about a basketball, a high school basketball coach that is, will basically do anything to get his team a win because he is that up his own butt with his own ego. <laughs> and it's his only fledgling piece of redemption in his entire life. 
And uh, it features the voices of uh, Jake Johnson, Ron Funches, Natasha Leggero, Rob Riggle. And you, first you have to ask yourself, did I like the show Big Mouth on Netflix? Uh-huh. And if that answer is yes, you should try Hoop. <laughs> All right. We don't have time to play the, uh, the trailer for the next one, but I wanted to mention it because for so many people my age, uh, you know, this was, this was a movie that was uh, something that... Oh, it was a part of our growing up. I mean, Cobra Kai, I mean, when we hear that, we automatically think Karate Kid. Tell us about this. Yeah, it, uh, Cobra Kai, is, it was a first in Netflix, uh, sorry, Netflix, a, a YouTube original series that ran for two seasons. Netflix has now picked it up for its third season. And as of today, all three seasons are on Netflix. And basically this follows William Zabka, which was the kid that got crane kicked in the face in the first movie. <laughs> He's the main character of this one. Uh, you know, all, all these decades later, and he's down and out and decides to reopen the Cobra Kai studio yeah. to take on Daniel LaRusso, who has become the villain of this one. Oh. So it turns everything on its head. Uh, and Martin Cove is back in this one, too. He's, of course, the Cobra Kai's coach and everything. Uh, I really dig the direction the show has gone in. I haven't checked out the third season yet, but I really adore the first two. So, yeah. <laughs> I just I just loved you saying Crane kicked in the face. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what happened. He bruised that man he bruised that kid's face so bad. I know he did. Oh Steve, always great to talk with you. Thanks for this. We'll we'll chat next month. Thanks, Jay.